the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar-admitted attorney. I'm also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. One, I'm a master of the laws of taxation law, and the other makes me a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Both of my master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in beautiful downtown San Francisco. And because of my training, my experience, my interests, and my expertise, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, trusts and estates, real estate, and taxation law. And I'm also proud to say that as part of my practice, I'm sometimes able to seek out and vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves victim of the various forms of financial elder abuse. I am, as always, so pleased to be able to come to you once again today from the beautiful KFAX studios here in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting families and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances, and hopefully to provide you with an outline of some of the issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. I do this because, as I'm known for saying, I think that representing yourself in a legal matter in a court, anywhere, is just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And, you know, if you're lucky and you can sneak up behind your adversary, you might be able to poke her in the back or scratch her on the arm and you can get around in front of her and poke her in the eye. But more than likely, you're going to be the one that's going to be dead on arrival. That is to say, your valid claim or your valid defenses will likely see the promised land long before you do. So once again, the purpose of this Selwyn's Law here on KFAX, in case you haven't guessed, is to discuss the law related to your money and unfortunately, more than likely, the lack thereof and your finances 
and what you need to consider to protect your family's financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in a non-threatening educational environment. With that said, we're going to continue our discussion of entrepreneurship, or as I am known for saying, it's a two-headed coin. One side is entrepreneurship, and the other side is that the business owner or the family, which I believe should be treated like a business, you need to be sanguine of the use of bankruptcy when called for by actually looking at some of the key issues in small business bankruptcies taken from a chapter of the book that I've been writing on the subject. And while my book is geared towards uh, women who head households or who own their own small business, I think it will also provide some insight to any and all kinds of families and small business owners who might find themselves in financial distress, usually caused by the lack of liquidity and related problems, usually as a result of insufficient cash flow, that is to say you don't have enough income to cover your expenses, which is sometimes brought on by intentional, nefarious, or fraudulent acts of others, including, unfortunately, sometimes you know, we find ourselves being embezzled by our own family members or our employees. Or sometimes it's because of our own imprudent business decisions. Or just sometimes we have bad luck, such as when, you know, many small business retailers, retailers right now are experiencing when they have to compete with two of the gargantuans in e-commerce retailing, one of whom initial starts with A, and the other room whom initial starts with W. So when we were last together, we concluded our conversation about a special kind of bankruptcy that Congress has established for farmers and fisher persons, a.k.a. a Chapter 12 bankruptcy, which in essence, in my opinion, takes some of the best debtor-focused provisions of a Chapter 13 bankruptcy, including the fact that there's a trustee, And they designed uh, this Chapter 13 for individuals who basically bleed and breathe. And it incorporates those provisions into some of the most user-friendly aspects or provisions of the small business Chapter 11s. As part of that discussion, we looked at a piece of legislation that is designed to assist farmers in distress by increasing the debt limits from about $4.2 million, $4.3 million up to $10 million. The bill, entitled the Family Farmers Relief Act and denominated as House Resolution 2336, is working its way to the, through the full House for a vote up or down. Again, as I explained, some of the chapters of the bankruptcy code have debt limits that tend to bar a debtor who is over the limits from accessing the protections of the bankruptcy court in order to reorganize and attempt to save their business if a party in interest, that is to say a creditor or someone uh, working for the Department of Justice or the court itself, Uh, finds an objection that somebody's over the debt limits. Such a bar would force the -the over-the-limits debtor who wants and needs to reorganize and give them no choice except to, you know, go after a liquidating Chapter 7 where the debtor must surrender the control of her non-exempt assets and shut down the business 
or be forced to file a very expensive and more complex Chapter 11, which also requires that she solicit her creditors and attain enough votes in support of her plan of reorganization before she can even get to the court's door and ask the court to approve the reorganization. And if she chooses not to file a 7 or 11, she ends up remaining at the mercy of her creditors outside of bankruptcy and or, you know, look for some other means to stay alive. As such, H.R. 2336, if passed, would allow more family farmers access to the bankruptcy court. So let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope that the bill passes out of Congress and is approved ultimately by the Senate and signed off on by the president. So today I want to update our discussion on small business bankruptcies by focusing on another bill that's before Congress, the same time as the Family Farm Relief Bill. And it is geared towards making Chapter 11s a little less complex and hopefully a little less expensive and more accessible to small business debtors. The bill in question is denominated as H.R. 3311, and it's named the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019. Now, it too passed out of the Judiciary Committee in its markup on July 11, uh, 2019, the same as the Family Farmers Bill. So they're both out there in what I call uh, the floor of Congress and the diaspora, and people are trying to figure out whether or not they're going to support it. Now, given uh, just, just here's here's a little bit about the bill. Um, giving his rationale for moving the bill forward at its markup hearing on July 11, 2019, Representative. Gerald Nadler, who chairs the Judiciary Committee, made the following statement. He said, the bankruptcy code either directly or indirectly affects millions of Americans of all types of businesses, from the largest to the smallest. When the law works properly, it offers a critical economic second chance to individuals and businesses in financial distress. But various reforms are necessary to ensure that this critical goal of financial rehabilitation is effectively met. He goes on to say, H.R. 3311, the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019, makes a series of reforms to the current bankruptcy law needed to better facilitate the financial reorganization of small business debtors. These reforms are endorsed by the nonprofit National Bankruptcy Conference as well as the American Bankruptcy Institute, an, an organization that I actually am a member of. H.R. 3311, Mr. Nadler continues, strikes an important balance between the heightened administrative oversight of these types of cases and the provisions intended to streamline the bankruptcy organization process for small business debtors. Among its features, H.R. 3311 would require the appointment of an individual to serve as the trustee of a small business Chapter 11 case to monitor the debtor's reorganization process towards confirmation of a reorganization plan. In addition, it would authorize the court to conform a plan, confirm a plan over the objection of the debtor's creditors under certain specified circumstances. The bill also includes two provisions 
not limited to small business Chapter 11 cases pertaining to the treatment of transfer of property by the debtor before the filing of the bankruptcy case. That is known in in the parlance as a preference. That's where a creditor is paid in preference and uh, to the detriment of similarly situated other creditors. Uh, The first provision will require that the bankruptcy trustee exercise some due diligence before she went after this preference, taken into full knowledge of affirmative defenses. So when we get back, we're going to continue our discussion about this new bill. But first, we're going to take a short break. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of a new bill, H.R. 3311, known as the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019. Now, before the break, I shared with you some of the key provisions. It is just basically, in my opinion, recognizing how difficult, complex, and expensive it is for a small business person to be able to go through the gauntlet of getting a Chapter 11 um, plan confirmed by the court. And so it, it looks to me, from my reading of the bill, they're trying to replicate some of the provisions that are in a Chapter 12 bankruptcy, the special kind of bankruptcy that was created for farmers and then ultimately also added in Fisher Persons. There is a chapter, it is proposed uh, that there be a Chapter 11 small business trustee assigned to each of these cases. Currently in a Chapter 11, when a debtor files for bankruptcy, he or she acts as the debtor in possession and it takes on the role of the trustee. However, and unfortunately, many of the small business people who find themselves in a Chapter 11 because they're over the debt limits for 13 to do a small business reorganization, as we talked about a few weeks ago, so they have to take on the responsibilities of filing monthly operating reports and doing all of the other things that they must do to satisfy not only the court but the um, Department of Justice that they're uh, competently executing and prosecuting the Chapter 11 case. Well, just think about it. From your own observations of small business people, many of us have expertise in whatever it is that we're doing. We design a new mobile app, or we run a grocery store, or we do um, we design. Um, um, networks for um, um, businesses, or we design their websites, or we um, are um, Lyfter Uber drivers. Well, we know what we do. We know, hopefully, what we're doing in our business. Even lawyers who are not bankruptcy lawyers, they don't necessarily find it easy to reorganize in a a Chapter 11. So how Chapter 13's work and Chapter 12's work is a lot of that administrative work is done by the Chapter 13 or Chapter 12 trustee that's there to collect the payments and distribute the payments to the creditors and does a lot of the reporting work 
uh, to the court in addition to examining uh, the debtor to make sure uh, he or she is um, is the t- kind of business that needs to be under the protection of the bankruptcy court. And uh, what kind of debtor is that? That's an honest debtor who is unfortunately uh, in financial distress and needs help. So um, the legislature, led by some of the or- an organization that I'm a member of, uh, ABI, American Bankruptcy Institute, and other um, nonprofit organizations said, well, maybe there needs to be a carve-out for a small business uh, a bankruptcy uh, up to a certain uh, debt limit with the assistance of a trustee that's appointed by the court and as part of a panel that's selected by the Department of Justice. And so th- those are the essence of, uh, of this new small business, Chapter 11. And in addition... It's asking the trustee that she um, use some prudence in going after um, preferential transfer. So what's a preferential transfer? That's where Selwyn, uh, before she files for bankruptcy, she, she had borrowed some money from grandpa to start the business. And then she also had credit card debt and she borrowed money from the bank to get her business going. Well, before she files, she decides that she wants to pay grandpa back because she loves grandpa, but she don't love her credit card company or her bank. So, you know, you kind of kind of kind of understand, but that's known as a preference. And the thing about it is if it's a cl- closely related uh, into individual or entity, such as a relative, um, the look back period is a year. Normally, the preference period is 90 days before you file. And some people... I've had people tell me that they like a particular credit card, which is kind of like they'll make no sense to me. But, you know, well, I want to keep this credit card and when I and I don't want to go bankrupt on it. That's those, those are the exact words I've heard from people. I don't want to bankrupt on my X, Y, Z card because I want to use it. But you have to you can't pick and choose your creditors. You have to file all of them. Your secured creditors are treated differently because they have collateral. And, and and that might be why you're in bankruptcy. But your unsecured creditors, like you know, Grandpa, Uncle Joe, they have to be treated the same as your other unsecured creditors. And so, if there is a preferential payment, and you can say, "Well, how are they going to know I paid Uncle Joe?" Well, part of your bankruptcy process in a Chapter 13 uh, and a Chapter 12 is you have to turn over certain documents to the trustee. Six months of your bank statements. Um, you know, pay stubs, you know, they, where where has your money been going? And so it's going to show up. And some people think, well, I'm going to use this credit card to pay my taxes because I don't want to have to deal with my taxes in bankruptcy. Well, all of that stuff is examined. And you also have to submit to a business uh, examination uh, by the trustee. So that's uh, what this new law is going to do. It's going to make carve-out a, a, a big chunk of uh, Chapter 11s and kind of size it down to small business. Put a trustee in there who's going to administer the case and also examine the debtor and make sure that the debtor is um, uh, doing what he or she needs to do in order to be what is known as a eligible uh, debtor to be in uh, bankruptcy. So um, the uh, ABI, as I said, it's an organization that I belong to. They made a um, a presentation or gave testimony uh, when the bill was initially um, heard at its hearing, and I'll, I'll share some of some of that. Just give a little bit 
more contour as to why this is deemed to be something important for small debtors who might find themselves in distress. And the testimony was given by Robert J. Keach, who was a past president of the American Bankruptcy Institution. As I said, an organization that I've been a member of since I've been practicing bankruptcy. They do a lot of really good research and provide tools to help me be able to do my job well. Uh, Mr. Keach said a Chapter 11 bankruptcy Chapter 11 of the Bankruptcy Code has long been a, of great value in preserving the going concern value of businesses, jobs, and maximizing credit recovery for many businesses. And, and those are the three, um, stepping out of his statement, those are the three goals of uh, bankruptcy for reorganization bankruptcy. Preserve the going concern value of the business such that it's able to continue to offer jobs and pay taxes while maximizing the recovery for creditors. But as Chapter 11 Commission found, uh, that was a commission that was put together by the American Bankruptcy Institute, the law no longer works well for businesses of smaller size. Small businesses are entities that produce job creation and a dynamic economy, but almost most the most likely to experience financial distress. And so you wonder why that is, stepping out of a statement. I alluded to earlier, there's a big shift in the marketplace today. We have a handful of very, very large businesses that are competing with small businesses via economies of scale. And, but, but small businesses are the lifeblood of our economy, you know, Many small business owners, sometimes all they can do is offer jobs to the owners of the business and their families and maybe one or two other people. Well, that's that's really great because that's where most of the jobs are. But when they run into financial distress because they don't have the economies of scale, they don't have perfect necessarily and pristine um, uh, credit ratings, um, they can't access sometimes all the funds they need to keep their business going the way the big boys and girls can. And so that's what um, Mr. Keach is saying. And so he continues, as Congress looks to find ways to help small businesses enter the marketplace and create new jobs, it also should focus on helping existing businesses succeed and save jobs that would otherwise be lost if those businesses close their doors. The Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019 is a good start and um, Mr. Keach thanked the uh, members who introduced the bill and the chairpersons who are hearing the bills. He goes on to say the deficiencies in existing U.S. bankruptcy laws were highlighted and examined extensively during the three-year period that the ABI, the American Bankruptcy Institution, looked at what was happening. Uh, And this commission study concluded that Chapter 11 no longer works effectively, or efficiently for many financially distressed companies or their creditors. Although the identified issues permeate Chapter 11 bankruptcies, uh, the testimony that he gave just simply does not work for all small and medium-sized businesses. And witnesses went on to talk about the number of businesses that find themselves out of the money when it comes to accessing a Chapter 11. Chapter 11 doesn't work for small and medium-sized businesses because the Bankruptcy Code A places unrealistic and artificial deadlines on small business and medium-sized businesses, which do not give these companies the opportunity to restructure. 
B, imposes substantial and costly disclosure and reporting requirements on these companies. C, does not provide any tools that can help the small businesses whose owners may be unsophisticated in finance, business plans, or structure issues. And it creates and implements an effective, uh, ineffective way for them to effectively reorganize. And it doesn't give them the ability to maintain their business. So I'm sharing that with you. I'm going to leave it there, and I'll continue to give you an update on these bills. But I'm going to have to leave it there for now. But in closing, as always, I like to say here at Selwyn's Law and KFAX, we always want to stay on the right side of the law. And sometimes that means we have to help create the law ourselves. Till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.